Good afternoon. It is so nice to have you here again. Um, this is the lovely podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your host, Leslie Sullivan. If you would like to call in or email in, that would be wonderful. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Telephone number is 405-314-1119. You can actually call or text on that number. Awesome. Email address is leslie2018sullivan at gmail.com. That's L-E-S-L-E-Y, 2018, S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N at gmail.com. And so for this episode, this is episode four of this podcast, and this is on women's rights in the workplace. This is super importante. And I say super importante because it seems like things come up when it comes to women's rights and then it just kind of implodes and explodes in the workplace and it gives me a migraine and I don't like having migraines. So I thought, well, why not shed a light on this and try and help make things better? So, and I look at this from, um, from my personal perspective and my personal experience with living in Oklahoma and living in the Bible Belt. And for those who don't know where Oklahoma is, because for all I know, people in other countries could be listening to this, but Oklahoma is a state that is in the central part of the United States, and it is called the Bible Belt because we have a lot of Bible thumpers um, in this area. And Bible thumpers mean people that carry their Bibles around and they're quick to thump you with their Bible, whether literally or figuratively, and they can be very combative um, when it comes to things like that. So it's it makes it hard to talk to someone that they're just on on the defense all the time. They're just wanting to argue with you. And so um, it makes it hard to practice your faith. It makes it hard to make new friends. It makes it hard to have a calm life if people are just constantly bickering all the time. But um, this kind of flows into the workplace. So um, my experience with... Um, Women's rights in the workplace is that there aren't very many women's rights in the workplace. And that doesn't mean that I think women are more valuable or more important than men because we're equal. We just happen to be two different sexes. That's it. Um, one sex has ovaries. The others have testicles or testes, whichever word you want to use. So um, I don't mean to be graphic, but it literally is that simple. It's just your sex of who you are. And women have a very important role in society. Men also have a very important role in society. And because those roles are different, they're also equal because they're both equally important. So that's how I look at it. My experience in the workplace um, when it comes to women's rights has been very tough because it's like we don't have many. And unfortunately, it's like we have to wait for anything that's new and improved to get here and it takes several years for it to start on the coast and then eventually get to the central United States. And that's very unfortunate because it makes it very difficult when you're dealing with kind of a super religious area. And you're like, for example, I have faith. I believe in God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, but I don't believe in being religious. Like I'm not religious. I just believe like I don't, walk around thinking, oh, I'm so spiritual and I'm better than people and I'm going to tell them what to think, how to do everything. No, that's not my job. If someone wants to know why I do something the way I do, then more than likely I will answer them. But, I mean, it's not an extreme like what I was raised in, like where it's it's like a, a part-time job almost to be mean to people for them being a different religion than you and whatnot. But in regards to... Uh, the workplace, the number one thing I noticed when I went to the workplace, and I started working when I was 16, and um, I noticed women were not always treated as well as men. It's like we're treated like morons because we're the weaker sex. And physically, for the most part, we are weaker than men. Um, but that doesn't mean we're stupid or morons or incompetent. And um, like I'll give you an example. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. And I was told that that's for, uh, that is for men, that's not for women, and because you're a girl, you should just be a teacher. Well, I never met a teacher that actually liked their job. 
or that got paid real well. So the mentality, at least where I am from, was that if you're a woman, because of what sex you were born, you should get a low-paying job because that's all you'll ever be, that's all you'll ever become. That was just the general norm. And I remember in high school, this one teacher that she had become a principal. And it's like, I don't know why this is, but whenever women whenever they try and take on a career and a family and they're trying to put their career first, it totally messes up their personality and their hormones. That's what I noticed as a kid. Cuz this woman, she was okay. She wasn't super nice. She was okay when she was a teacher, but when she became principal of our school, she turned into a total witch. I could use a different word, but it it was just awful. Like us kids, we couldn't stand her once she became principal, and it just kind of became the norm amongst us kids that, you know, whenever we heard that one of our favorite teachers was going to become a principal, we're like, "Well, when is she going to become mean?" You know, it was just like we we just knew there was going to be a change in her mentality and how she treated kids, and it happened every single time, but This one particular teacher, I wasn't a big fan of her, but I remember um she became principal and she was not that nice afterwards with that anyway. But then um I was in high school and it's either my junior or senior year and um she told me that I should be a teacher. I was like, "Why would I want to do that?" And she goes, "Oh, well, we just need, you know, more women like you to be a teacher." I was like, "That doesn't answer the question. It's like, why should I want to be a teacher?" Like I don't see anybody that's happy being a teacher at these schools. And I went to public school. If you went to private school, had a wonderful time, that's great. <laughs> But I went to public school and it was very much like Lord of the Flies. And if you have never read that book, please don't read it. There are some parts that are really to me gross and intense. Um especially psychologically, but um I mean, heaven forbid you ever played dodgeball. at a public school. I mean, it was a free for all. I mean, it was just like no rules. I mean, it was crazy like some of the guys that we went to school with, they would make it a point to hit girls in the face with a dodgeball full force like arm swing like baseball. I mean, it was like horrible. And so, um typically in dodgeball, us girls, we would kind of kind of stay back and wait for the guys to kind of knock themselves out before we would um take them out <laughs> dodgeball so we learned pretty quick how to play and uh, who to avoid with that but um my point to this teacher was or principal was you know i you know i don't i've never met a teacher that actually enjoyed their job and the pay is horrible like if anything we were losing teachers at that time we were losing them uh, to texas they were moving from oklahoma to texas because teachers got paid more money down in texas and money does matter i mean nobody wants to be poor nobody So, I mean, that's not a goal. I've never heard anybody say, "Oh, I want to grow up and be poor." That's not a goal. And if ever someone says that, they're probably a nut and um they need to be slapped, you know, gently, but, you know, they somebody needs to slap some sense into them because if you're poor, uh you you will have a very hard life and it makes it difficult to pay just basic necessities and get access to proper medical care because Regardless of whether you have socialized medicine or privatized medicine like what we have here in, here in the United States it's very privatized and I would prefer that over socialized medicine. And um regardless of what, what kind of medicine you have in your country it all costs money. Like people are under the false assumption that socialized medicine is free. It's not free. It comes out of everybody's tax dollars, but under socialism it is predominantly paid by the rich. But that doesn't mean that if you're poor or middle class that you're not paying for it as well because you are it's just how the government is taking your money and spending it so i believe in having privatized medicine because this is kind of a side note but i believe in privatized medicine because it puts the patient in charge of their healthcare not the government not some bureaucrat in washington dc that has a cushy office and just is a professional paper pusher and you know Sometimes we do need bureaucrats, uh, bureaucrats, sorry. Um but it gets very irritating when you have people in charge of your life that don't even love you or care about you. They just want your money. That's what it's like. So, um I strongly discourage socialized medicine because, you know, they can say, "Oh, healthcare for all." That is such a scam because under socialized medicine, it's limited healthcare for all. Yes, they all have access to it. but it's limited and it's not immediate like as of right now with our privatized medicine if i need something all i have to do is go to the emergency room or i can contact my doctor 
and just be like, "Hey, I'm having this problem. Can I please come in?" and you get seen immediately. People over in the UK, if they need a hip replacement or a knee replacement, it's almost a year or two before they can get a re- get it replaced. And then by then, way more damage has been done to the bone, the socket, the joint. So then even more surgery is required and there are sometimes the damage is so bad that they don't even see them as a candidate anymore to receive um a knee replacement or hip replacement so then you're just kind of forever screwed in terms of that you know you just forever become a cripple so you need to be careful what you wish for like free healthcare sounds good on the surface but you need to ask who's paying that bill because nothing is free like even our freedom is not free so that's just kind of a side note to that But um you know that does come up in the workplace because there are a lot of women that you know they want socialized medicine because they want free birth control and they don't want to have to pay to have babies and all this stuff it's like again it's not free somebody's having to pay for it and you know it's actually cheaper if the government is not in charge of it because when you have a free market that means we the consumer have have a say in how much we pay for stuff but if the government is in charge of your healthcare it's not good it really is not and i know from personal experience because um you know when i got really sick as i mentioned before i actually thought about immigrating to the uk uh, to possibly have better healthcare because i was having a hard time with things here in the united states and when i did my research the healthcare that i needed i would have been put on a long waiting list over in england as opposed to here i would have gotten immediate care and it yes it's more expensive in a sense but you know your healthcare is your healthcare you know you put your health first like there are times like i've been so sick that i didn't care what something cost because i valued my life like i can deal with the bill later like i'm not worried about money or or a stupid bill from the hospital like i know that they're just charging me what they have to charge just like medical coding like that's just what it is but I know that whenever I receive a hospital bill, I don't have to pay full price. Nobody does. Cuz what you can do is you can contact the business office and you can negotiate what you are willing to pay. And here's the thing, they will more than likely drop it by quite a bit, the price, because hardly anybody ever calls them or contacts them and says, "Hey, this is what I can do. What what can you do for me?" Everything is negotiable. That's why I mentioned in a previous podcast, unless it was one of the ones I deleted, um it's that you know when you treat everything like business then it takes the emotion out of it and when you treat it as business it puts you in control as opposed to somebody else so when it comes to your life your happiness and your healthcare and your job you want to be in the driver's seat not somebody else and so when you treat it like business and that's not personal even though it is personal it is your healthcare it is your job it's things of all the of all that nature when you treat it like business it it puts you in control and it lets the other person know that you're not going to back down and that's not to be aggressive it's just that it lets them know that you are serious about your life and that you are willing to hear them out and you're willing to negotiate you're willing to come to a happy medium i wasn't going to say compromise but i i've learned to not like that word so much anymore cuz sometimes the word compromise people misinterpret it as that you're giving up something that you're It's like you're not going to hold your ground and that's not true. So I always say like a happy medium, you know, come together in agreement. And so, cuz I look at this way, like the word compromise reminds me of the phrase, you know, don't compromise your morals. Well, when in that respect when you compromise, it means you're going against what you really believe in. So don't ever do that, even in business or relationships, whatever the case may be. I say don't ever compromise. come to a happy agreement or meet someone in the middle as long as it's not illegal or immoral or making you uncomfortable give it a try because it will put you in control of the situation and you will go a lot further a lot quicker in life and be more successful and more financially stable so that's just uh one thing with that now back to what I was really talking about with uh, women's rights in the workplace i would say the number one thing that bothered me when i was younger with that um was I couldn't stand being interviewed by older men. When I say older men, I mean by like 20 or 30 years older than me when I was younger because they just had this piggish attitude about women that you know all you're good for is for sex and for cooking and for marrying and popping out babies and 
But see, here's the thing. Like, they would flat out say it like that, but they just kind of had this attitude problem towards women, especially young women. And um, if you weren't married by a certain age, I mean, they pretty much call you an old maid and they think you're weird. Of course, this is in Oklahoma. And in Oklahoma, I call that mentality the USS Noah's Ark mentality because it's like if you're not married or at least shacked up with somebody by a certain age, then they think you're an old maid and you're no good for nothing and you're just taking up space. And I was just kind of shocked at this because I was like, okay, what decade are we in? What century are we in? That this is uh, still a problem with that stupid mentality. Um, it was really weird. And what sucked was that um, if you weren't being discriminated against against men that were way older than you, then you're having a problem with women that are in their 50s and they view young women, especially good looking young women, which I'm cute. I'm not going to deny that. I know I'm cute. But what frustrated me was that these old bitter Bettys, as I call them, um, they would think that these young women are going to work there to steal all these husbands and, you know, we're up to no good and all this stuff. I'm like, give me a break. I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I'm just here to do the job and do it well. I'm here to earn a living. I'm here to move up the, you know, the chain of command. I'm here to be successful. Like, I'm not interested in these men here, believe me. And so, um, especially the older men, but it, it was just this weird, it was just weird. And it interfered with the job. And, you know, it's like if we weren't being discriminated against by men, we were being discriminated against by older women. And I say bitter Bettys because I don't know if they were just going through menopause or what, but it, it was like, it's like anyone younger than them was a threat to them. Oh, you're trying to take my job. Oh, I don't want my husband to meet you. You know, oh, you can pop out babies, but I can't. Or I never got the chance to have babies. Or something, just like dumb stuff. I'm like, you know what, this is not a biology class. This is not a sex ed class. You know, this is work. And, you know, there are times I'd have to say, hey, I'm, I'm here to just do my job. So, you know, do you mind if I just do my job? Like, I understand what you're saying to a certain extent, but it's not really relevant to what I do. But it was like pulling teeth to get people to act appropriately. And it comes back to that mentality of, I don't know if it's just different generations or what, but it was a problem. So there was discrimination against women um, from other women and also from men. It was really interesting because it's like you think women are going to be on your side. Oh, no, it's like a, a brood of vipers. It's like a snake pit. And it's, it's just really weird. The other discrimination that I experienced for being a woman is um, this came from men and women that would do this in the interview. They would want to know if I was uh, married and they would want to know uh, if I plan on having kids. And because I'm blunt, I was like, what does my sexual activity have to do with me going to work and doing a good job? Like, you know. How and when and if I decide to procreate is my business. It's not anybody else's. It has nothing to do with work. And, you know, I had to learn to not word things like that because I'm just blunt. But, you know, it, it's just like I couldn't believe what they were asking me. I was just shocked because they act like they don't know the law. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. And then um, the other discrimination that I experienced was that they didn't really want to hire women that were of childbearing age because they didn't want to have to pay for maternity leave if they offered maternity leave. Because not all employers at this time offered maternity leave. And so they kind of viewed young women as a burden and treat them like dirt, like trash, like garbage. Because so what? We're of childbearing age. So, like, so what if a woman has a baby? Like, she still needs access to food, water, and shelter. Like, she still needs a job. Like, just because a woman has a baby, that doesn't mean they're never going back to work. If anything, a lot of them, a lot of them do need and want to go back to work because they need the money to provide for their child. Because not all these women have husbands. And sometimes th their husbands aren't working for whatever reason. And um, I remember, I trying to remember how long ago this was, but there was a really weird phase in Oklahoma where we had quite a few guys, quite a few men that refused to work, and they had their wives work. Like, they were just these fat, fat slobs that stayed at home and just didn't do anything. And I just thought, 
why am I meeting so many women that have bad husbands that refuse to work? It's one thing if they can't work, but it was just weird. Like they just wanted to be stay-at-home dads, and they didn't always have kids or something. It was weird. I just thought that's really strange. And I met some of these husbands. They were weird. They were not normal men. I don't know what was wrong with them, but it just—it was just kind of a weird happenstance, I guess you could say, because I'd never met so many weird men that were married. I'm like, how did they ever find someone to marry? Because to me, they were not marriage material by any means, and it was very rare to meet someone that was that odd. But I just thought, man, they both must have been desperate and just decided to get married. It was like, eh, I don't think so. Not for me. Not on that. I refuse to marry someone that's weird like that. It's 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 too creepy. But um, the other thing in regards to women's rights at the workplace was sometimes women don't get promoted because of their sex. There there are people and and both men and women have done this. They have thought that um, that only men are mentally capable of um, handling. more of a strenuous job responsibility and men should be more likely to be promoted than women and my mouth just drops i'm like you have got to be kidding me like you do know that women have been doing really intense jobs like since the beginning of time like we've had queens on this earth for years i mean take a look at england they've had queens and kings and i mean you have queens all throughout the bible that were in charge of their kingdoms I'm like so you're telling me that because they have ovaries that they that they can't rule their their kingdom you got to be kidding me like if the queen of sheba can rule her kingdom then I'm pretty sure a woman can be promoted into almost any job like I would say any job really but I I said almost any job because I don't think women should be in the marines especially on the front line of that um because i think there are certain types of combat that should be reserved for men that's my personal opinion that's just literally my personal opinion um because i think it is such a risk to put your women at the front of the line like that so that's just my personal opinion on that but pretty much anything else i have no doubt that women can handle it because women have been handling stressful things since the beginning of time it it i think the fact that women can have babies and you know they have more feelings than men. I think that gets skewed as weakness when it's not. It's not a weakness. If anything it's a strength because for someone to acknowledge someone else's pain and to sense it immediately, that is a strength not a weakness. It's actually really good for society to realize very quickly when someone's suffering and want to help them. So that's that's my personal viewpoint on that. Just things I've come across on that. Um the other thing I want to talk about is gender equality. And um you know, I I've worked in work environments where it was predominantly men and it was not a very positive work environment not because it was mostly men but because um just the nature of the industry I was in. Um it's like you have to be careful what kind of personality types you hire. And this place of work preferred to hire guys that really just viewed women as property. And some of these men were foreign. They were from Iran. So it made it very difficult to be taken seriously at your job and also made it very difficult to get promoted or to get raises. Filling out a new job application and they ask you those government questions like are you male, female, are you white? Um what's it called? I was going to say Alaska, not Alaskan, but they ask you all these if you're these different races or whatever. I was thinking Eskimo and as well as thinking of but or if you're Native American or things like that. And I just thought, you know, what does it matter? You know, I know the federal government that they're trying to push for equality, but when it comes to forms like that, all it does is it gives employers permission to ask you questions that they shouldn't be asking. that's what it's turned into like it's so interesting like the federal government tries to stop certain things but instead of stopping it it just actually ends up encouraging it because employers try and find a way around it you know for the legality sake of it like i don't think it should matter what sex someone is like i i don't think it should matter what race someone is and you know 
I actually kind of find it offensive that on that government form, and this is probably going to piss off a lot of people, but I could care less at this point in my life, but I find it offensive that when it's talking about the different races, it just says, when it comes to like people of European descent, it just says white, as opposed to you know other races, you have African American, you have Native American, I mean Indonesian, or whatever the case may be, but when it comes to people who are, who are fair-skinned, we're just white. Well, I'm not just white. I'm French and Irish. Like, I'm of European descent, so does my ancestry not even matter at all? Like, if someone else's skin color matters, then so does mine. You know, if, if their ancestry matters and where their ancestors came from matters, then so do mine. You know, I think we should list all of them on there. If we're going to play that game... Which is what is happening. It's, it's been slowly growing over the years, this game about you know, race and um, inequality with that. And it just, to me, it kind of sets people up for failure if you have a form like that. And I know it's become the norm and everybody's so used to filling them out. But, you know, I still don't think it's right. I really don't. And I know that employers don't like having to use that because, see, here's the thing. What the federal government does, and you know, people may not be aware of this, but here's what the federal government does with that form. When it asks about your sex, your race, blah, 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 kind of thing. Um, especially when it comes to race. When that form gets submitted, the federal government has statistics and What they do is if they notice that an employer is not hiring very many African Americans or not very many Hispanics, then they try and sue the employer. They try and fine them first, you know, thousands if not millions of dollars um, for so-called practicing discrimination. But if you look at the, the place where the employer is located in the industry they're in, there may not have been very many African Americans that applied to the job or there may not be any successful It's just something you're born really hiring them for their brain, their skill set, their talent, their their character. You know, it's it's very just plain discriminatory to hire any other way like that. It's it's really bizarre to me. And I came across that in the workplace all the time, especially when I was in my 20s because I, I tell you what, I could not stand. I hated looking for a job in my 20s because it, it was just so tense because You had to be careful, like, what you said in the interview. And then also, it's like, if you're a young person, especially a young woman, they don't think you're worth the same wages as someone that's in their 30s or 40s, even though you have the same experience. Or you may have the same degree. But they think that age is equivalent to pay. And it's not. Age is just a number. It doesn't determine your wages. So I came across that as well, where, where it's like, oh, only older Only older women, older women should make good money. No, every woman should make good money. It's dependent upon their education, their skill set, and what they can bring to the table in terms of negotiations for their job. It has nothing to do with age or how many babies you've had. And I came across this. Oh, this is horrible too. Oh, this is just discrimination as well. So I worked one job. I'm not going to say where. But I worked one job where I noticed something funky was going on with my paychecks. And I was like, what is going on with this? So I went to my boss, job and moved. Like they think, well, also, they claim to be Christian. You know, you know, within their Christianity that they practiced, which it was not Christianity they were practicing. It doesn't mean nobody wants you. It just means you're not married yet. And, and you know, that's marital status discrimination. I came across that all the time in my 20s. It's calmed down now in my 30s. But in my 20s, it was just horrible. It was rampant, and I hated it. I was just like, oh, my gosh. I just thought, told him, I was like, would you like if such a kids or, you know, because you didn't get married and divorced, married and divorced. Like, what do I care what her sexual habits are? Like, that's not my business, and it's not her business that I don't have any kids and I'm not married. Like, who told her that? Like, that's between me and HR. So did they show her that government form that I filled out that said I'm single? And I'm not filing any dependents because if you show someone that form and they're not in HR and they're not supposed to be looking at that, then, you know, you've pretty much committed a federal crime on that because you're showing someone else another employee's Social Security number as well. So they didn't like being called out on any of that. I was just shocked at their behavior. But needless to say, I lost my job 
And it was pretty brutal. And what's interesting is that everybody else I worked with, they're just like, we can't believe they did that to you. It was so disturbing. And a lot of people left that place of business because of what this employer did to me. So shame on them. And in case there is anyone that is quite angry at what happened to me, I say thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it's nice to know when other people get irritated or fed up with behavior like that because sometimes I feel very much alone. because of where i live and the mentality of some people here it's just like you have got to be kidding me so um in that same token i'll say this the way that i handled that was i chose to just move on and i just forgave them in my heart even though i couldn't stand those people i know what they did was illegal and immoral i chose to forgive them and just go the you know just move on turn the other cheek as they say and just move on in a better direction and just have a better life than what i had before and you know it brings to mind to forgive your enemies and also to ask god to bless your enemies now i bring that up because it took me a long time to understand that in the bible because that angered me for years uh, you know to ask god to bless your enemies so i'm like why would i want people who are so horrible to me well here's what that is saying and once it was explained to me correctly then i understood um the language with it so here's the thing When you ask God to bless your enemies, you're not asking God to just overlook their offenses and just make them millionaires and billionaires and it's okay that they walked all over you. No. When you're asking God to bless your enemies, this is what is happening. In order to be blessed by God, you have to repent and be truly sorry for anything and everything that you did wrong. and you have to try and make amends to the best of your ability and acknowledge that you are wrong and you're going to turn over a new leaf and you're going to start doing right because if you don't start doing right then God's not going to bless you so when you have an enemy or someone that's offended you or hurt you or harmed you when you when you forgive them and you ask God to forgive them and you ask God to bless your enemies you're actually asking God to help change that person's heart and to give them a chance to ask for forgiveness and to repent. And when I realized that, I was like, "Oh, thank you Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, forgive them and bless them." I, I like whenever I meet someone I don't like, I'm like, "Lord, bless them and forgive them." Because I have seen this come to pass in my life where someone hurt me, harmed me, totally did me wrong, and I ask God to bless them and forgive them, and I have actually been receiving apologies from people. Whereas before when I was not I was forgiving them in my heart but I was still angry about it and I wasn't always asking God to forgive them much less bless them I was still really pissed off about it like I never saw anyone apologize to me I never saw anything good come out of that so I I didn't really understand what it meant to ask God to bless your enemies and then once I understood it and I actually started utilizing that in my daily life and I started practicing that and just really opened my heart to a large amount of forgiveness to people seeing people change and really not only giving their life to Christ but just wanting to be a better person in general like even if they weren't religious even if they didn't really completely believe in God or maybe they did but they weren't really sure they knew they had done wrong regardless of whether someone's Christian or not people know when they do something wrong like that's that's just your conscience like that's what we're born with we're we're born with knowing right from wrong you have that small still voice in you that says mm, don't do that steer clear of that you know that kind of thing um but i kid you not if there are people in your life that you don't like or that you have not forgiven or maybe have forgiven but they still really anger you and bother you ask god to bless them and to forgive them and you will literally feel that tension and that dread leave your body because that's what happened to me and that's what i had to do in these circumstances because I was coming up against so much discrimination for being a woman, for being young, for being single, for not having any babies whether in wedlock or outside of wedlock. And to me that was so hypocritical because for years I was discriminated against for not being married and not having any kids. Well then there was so much sexual activity outside of marriage, like it just grew and grew in Oklahoma, like people start being more promiscuous and and not getting married that then they started shaming me and judging me for not even 
for not even shacking up and having kids out of wedlock. So it's like you've got to be kidding me. Like you're claiming to be Christian, but you're looking down on me because I I haven't shacked up with somebody and I haven't had a bunch of kids with all these different daddies or whatever. Like I, you got to be kidding me. It was so weird. Like I, I just thought, what is wrong with our society that is told that is so far from being holy that they're just throwing it around? I mean, like confetti, and that's not what it was meant to be. Is sex pleasurable and enjoyable? Sure, but when people start shaming me for not even having sex and for not having kids out of wedlock, and they're using that against me in the workplace, that's just a whole different level of sick. And that's what I was in coming across at work. That's what I was trying to deal with, and I, I just was, I was not prepared for that. I didn't think stuff like that would happen. And I really didn't know how to fight it because, again, as in my twenties, I wasn't really aware of all the different labor laws that we have and your rights, and so I just kind of felt overwhelmed. And I just didn't really, I didn't even really want to fight it. I just wanted to move on to a better place. I wanted to move on to a better employer, and I did. I found a better employer, better bosses, better employees to work with. You know, where we had camaraderie. Um, you know, we cared about each other, and you know, there wasn't discrimination like that. So. You know, needless to say, it matters where you work, and if you're working for an employer where they pull shady stuff like what I just described, if they're willing to do that to you, they're willing to do it to somebody else, and if they're willing to do that to somebody else, it eventually could happen to you. So just know that if the workplace is not on the up and up, you need to find a different place to work because however long you stay there. Is however long you are absorbing that kind of behavior as normal workplace behavior, and eventually over time, it will dull your morality, it will dull your character, and you'll slowly be working in a gray area as opposed to knowing right from wrong and looking at things black and white, yes and no. And it's really important that we work where we are supposed to work and it be a good workplace environment. And if we're in a bad situation like that, I would say go ahead and get your resume ready and just go ahead and start applying to jobs, and you know just go to interviews when you can. And right now it should be easy because you can just do Zoom meetings like on your lunch break or something like that, or you can just communicate by email and uh, or do like a phone call. Uh, so I really had to put my foot down in terms of where do I want to work and what am I willing to put up with. Because whatever you are willing to put up with typically is what you are willing to tolerate, and what you are willing to tolerate is usually what you're willing to let see be contaminated in your life. So you know, there's this word tolerant. Oh, we need to be more tolerant. Well, that goes both ways. You know, I've worked jobs where I thought, well, I don't like how I'm being treated, but I'll stick it out and I'll see if it gets better. You know, it never got better. I had to leave, or I got fired, or I had to just go ahead and look for a job elsewhere. Like it, when a when a workplace is bad, it's bad. It doesn't necessarily have to be hostile per se. It doesn't have to be violent or anything like that, which would be horrible in itself. But you know, when something is not completely on the up and up, that is not a good place to continue to work because. Wherever you work affects your character, and it also reflects on you. What's going on there? Even if you're not directly involved in the shady stuff, like if you continue to work somewhere where they're practicing very unethical employment practices, you know, even if you're not in management, or even if you're not in HR, or you're not the owner or the CEO, it still matters that you work there because it re- it reflects on you. And I would strongly suggest that you not let what an employer does. Bring anything bad to your good name because your name is good. Even if you don't think your name is good, it is because you know your name is who you are, and you need to be true to yourself. And it's in those moments that we realize, hey, you know, I'm not really growing as a good person here. I think I need to look elsewhere. You know, that's just kind of how I talk to myself in my brain and in my heart. You know, is this really what I want for my life? You know, yeah, but is it is it my calling? Is it what I'm supposed to accomplish in my lifetime? Is it what I'm supposed to be doing? Is it truly making me happy? That's how I look at things. And you know, being from Oklahoma, it's you know, it's a good place to live, but 
it does have its downside in terms of employment law violations um especially with OSHA and things like that and with discrimination against women um it's getting less and less discriminatory um because i think we're 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 slowly becoming modern in terms of how to view women and appropriately and um that doesn't even include sexual harassment i'm not even going to go there in this podcast but you know it's it's important to know that you have value you have self worth regardless of how someone else treats you or regardless of what pay grade you're in or what pay grade you wish you were in you still have value don't ever throw that away don't ever speak negatively towards yourself don't ever think negatively towards yourself you know just immediately cast those thoughts out or just rebuke them and just say i'm not going to think that way about myself you know i know i'm a good person i always put my best foot forward and you know i have good moral moral character and i don't back down from a good fight and that doesn't necessarily mean like a fist fight it means that you know a lot of the fights that we deal with are very non-physical and i think that's what makes it so difficult to realize when we're actually in a fight a lot of the fights i've had to deal with have been in um situations where it's like dealing with morals and values and dilemmas and things like that it's not always someone like slapped your face or something it's not as obvious as that but um it's really a character battle you know how much do i value my character am i am i going to sell out my integrity and you know, what i tell people in a movie theater i don't sell seats for my integrity i don't sell out for anything that's not how i roll and that pisses off a lot of people because i've learned that there are quite a few people they don't value integrity like this country used to you know even though i may not agree with everybody but integrity used to mean something it really did like even if i you know even if we have different personalities it didn't matter at least we knew our integrity was good like back in the day but sometimes it's tough fighting for integrity because you're kind of shocked that you have to fight for it and you can't you can't settle for anything less than the best you just can't because if you settle for anything less than the best you've basically thrown in the towel already and then you've basically just turned yourself into a doormat to allow anyone to walk over you and manipulate you and that sucks because it's it's harder to get out of a hole than to just walk around it so that's how i have handled uh, handled those situations in regards to employment law and how to overcome that and there's a time to fight it and there's a time to walk away from bad situations and sometimes like you know I'll be the first to admit I didn't always know what to do in situations like that which is typically why I just walked away cuz I wasn't sure who to re- who to reach out to I didn't even know way back in the day that, that you could contact the Department of Labor and report stuff no one ever told me that it was just always the employer was very intimidating was threatening especially to women especially young women and you know when someone's threatening you and intimidating you and being a jerk to you it it's very convincing because 99% of the time they really mean it so um you just kind of i don't know for me personally i got sick and tired of walking on eggshells and i just thought you know i need to know my rights because i'm sick of this crap because that's what it is it's crap it's it's not someone wanting what's best for you when they're violating your rights for you but they think they have the right to walk all over you when they don't So if you know your rights and you know who to contact and you know who to call or email or write a letter then you're you're already ahead in the game because you're already seeing the path you want to take and you've already got got a battle plan so to speak. And I don't mean a battle plan in terms of violence. I mean like you have a mental game plan of what you're going to do and how you're going to maneuver stuff in a legal, moral and ethical manner. Because you know you know let, let's just call it like we like we see it you know like you know, call a spade a spade if you know you're dealing with someone unethical you already know what they're going to do it's almost always going to be something unethical what's shocking is when other people fall for their behavior and they think it's okay and that always feels weird i've had that happen to me where i was pretty much the only ethical person speaking at this one meeting and i was just like how do these other people fall for this And the way that people fall for it is they don't realize that they've sold out their integrity and they don't realize that what they're participating is is just as unethical as the bad person that's in that room. And in those situations, you you might be the the odd person out, but you know to me I consider that an honor 
Because if I'm the odd person out, that means that uh, it's not the place for me. That's just how I look at it, and that I need to move on to something better. I need to be around people that are of the same mind, of the same morals, the same values. And I don't necessarily mean like all going to the same church because I don't always like that. Um, but, you know, just people that you have genuine interest in and you genuinely care about each other. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to practice the same religion, you have to eat the same food, you have to talk the same, be the same, dress the same. None of that is true. None of that is relevant. It's just having a genuine interest to do the right thing regardless of what occurs, I guess is, would be the best way to describe that. So, um, so let me go back to that app because it's one of my favorites, the I Am app. So let's see what it has here. Let me open this puppy up. It's thinking about it. And my phone is being a little slow, probably because it was doing an update. Oh, this is a good one. Everyone has something to teach me. That is true. Now, I'll give an example. Whenever I'm working with people that I can't stand, and usually when, when there are people that I can't stand, it's because they're doing something really bad or wrong, or they put me down for having morals and values, and they know I'm not going to compromise my morals or integrity. Um, I, I learn a lot from bad people, and what I learn is don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do what they did. Do the opposite. Because that actually is like a manual of what not to do is how I look at it. Because it used to irritate me when I was around bad people at work. And I was like, I've got to look at this in a positive way. Otherwise, I'm going to, otherwise I'm going to drive myself crazy on this. So I just looked at it as, well, that's a good example of what not to do. Good mental note. You know, that's just how I learned to look at it. The next one, ooh, this one's good. Jealousy has no place in my life. That is good. I'm grateful I get to wake up today. Awesome. I focus on healing myself with love. Getting more confident. My power is on the inside. I'm thankful for my dreams of yesterday because they are the reality of today. I love that. So just some more positive affirmations from that app. I think it's good to be positive regardless of your circumstances, even if it's just Trying to find simple sentences that have a lot of meaning behind them. Because I don't look for complicated things. You know, I think working in the complicated just makes life. It's in those moments actually for you and not for somebody else. But it's specifically for you and for your life to have a better life regardless of your circumstances. So um, thank you for joining me today. And as usual, I pray that you are healthy, wealthy, whole. And that you're blessed in every area of your life. Until next time, have a wonderful week or a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
Try.